single with Jeanette and Tracy. We are not relationship experts or sex therapists. We are two people navigating the world as single, independent feminists having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. We hope you'll join us on this journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. And welcome back to Hashtag Single. I am Jeanette Bonner, your host for today's episode. And with me is my friend, Diane. Diane, thank you so much for being on Hashtag Single with me. Thank you so much for having me on Hashtag Single. (laughs) And our voice of the patriarchy is Rob. Rob, thanks for being here today. Uh, Hello, I'm the voice of the patriarchy. (laughs) You are indeed. And as the voice of the patriarchy, we are going to have you sit in the corner and not comment until we're ready for you. So thanks for joining. It's time we got our our punishment. (laughs) It's time we got our priorities in order. Thanks for joining us, and we'll check in with you later. So, Diane. Yes. Something very exciting has happened since I've last seen you. I know. I know. And that is that Diane has come out to her parents as pansexual. That's right, folks. And no, it does not mean I am sexually attracted to pans. <laughs> oh, please As, tell me that someone thought that oh, that was true. Oh, yes. Oh, it's oh a thing. God. Oh, there are multiple memes on the internet about like, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to stay in the kitchen. Why are people so dumb? I don't know. <laughs> Trump's president, what? <sighs> um, because last that we talked... You identified yourself as bisexual. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this is an awkward question. What's changed since you... No, I actually think that's a great question. The truth is, since we last talked, which was like kind of... that was A couple that was, months. That was a couple months ago or maybe yeah. even like six months ago or yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth is, you know what? I had very much like tried to like... I start just for the audience. I started graduate school. Um, I'm the only female director in my master's program. Mazel. Thank you. And I had like very much decided that like I need to be very focused and very hyper centered on that. And a fun thing happens uh, when you tell yourself to shut off emotions. And uh, I think maybe the best thing that the way I can best describe this is that I have had the opportunity since starting graduate school of like meeting a lot of a very vast spectrum of people. And since, like, kind of discovering, like, oh, I guess I have feelings for other people outside of, like, the heteronormative spectrum, I suddenly, you know, quite frankly, I met someone who identified as non-binary. And the same feelings that I had had, like, in my past, like, when I was probably, like, you know, a guy in high school who I just, like, couldn't get out of my head because mm. he was just so dreamy. And I had those exact same things. And so, I mean, I, I think the way I kind of described it to my parents was was... You know, I think I just, I I very rarely connect with people. And when I do, I don't think I can describe it or explain it. I also don't think that experience is like solely just to a pansexual. I think, I think maybe that's just love. Yeah, that's lovely. I got real idealistic real fast. (laughs) And that will conclude our episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm going to sort of admit my ignorance here because I think this is a new conversation that we're having in our culture today, just speaking in terms of getting away from the binary spectrum and talking in terms of allowance and acceptance across the board. Because when I think of, okay, bisexual, that means you like ladies and you like dudes. And when you're pansexual, you like 
ladies and dudes and uh, what's left, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, 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 What no. is the pan? <laughs> no, can I tell you? So, like, it, you know what's actually kind of perfect is, so I, I came home. I'm originally from California. So I went home, had this big trip, told my parents, hardest thing I've done in my life, um, and came home to, like, tell my roommate, oh, my God, I have all, the, like, so much has happened in the 10 days I was gone. So we're sitting there, and I tell him what happened. And he is a, a gay man who, like, has been, like, a gay man his entire life. And he literally was like, okay, and I'm talking, like, a thousand miles a minute. And then I finished take a breath. It's like, wait, Diane, what's pansexual again? <laughs> and I, but it's, you know what? I actually think that's refreshing because if you think about that and that conversation, the most important thing is that in that moment, he wasn't afraid to be like, yo, right. I don't know. Or me being like, I'm not quite sure what the pan means. Like what yeah. are the other options? And I guess this is great because I obviously I thought, well, if it's not if it's not bisexual, which is ladies and men, it obviously has to involve the trans community in some way. Yep. And please answer this for me because this has befuddled me for a very long time. If you are a trans man, yes, and you like women, are you a lesbian or does that make you straight? Like I'm very confused by that. I mean, if I'm being entirely honest, I don't have I I don't feel like I have like the permission to answer that question. Is there um, a word for it, or you say I'm I mean, pansexual? The, but see, that's the thing. I have met some trans people who their experience of like love or attraction or sexual desire is to them. It's just like, oh no, I I like it. I like what I like. I like what I like. Love is love is love. Love is love. And okay. I like again. I I'm so sorry to bring it back to like this very like idealistic thing, but uh, in the strangest way, like I think maybe that's actually what like. Uh, when I was slowly kind of like figuring stuff out for myself, it suddenly realized like, oh, maybe this is maybe this is actually like what I have been thinking about or like what I have been like going on about for ages. And I think maybe that's what we can't explain really why we really can't like what makes us just fall crazy, stupid sure. down the drain, you know? Yeah. And I think and I mean, this is actually going to get maybe into maybe a darker conversation. I actually think this whole thing of us like saying we're the, our our current community, our current society is hyper obsessed. I feel with like putting people in boxes defining. and yeah. defining, which is kind of why, if I'm being entirely honest, for the longest time, like I think so. About two years ago, that's when I like came out to like my restaurant, and it wasn't me coming out. It was like I have a crush on a girl, and her she's so Wait, great. I need you to take a back. What is coming up to a restaurant? <laughs> You were like, at family meal, you just sat everybody down and was like, hey, everybody, um, there's a couple notes. It's all, I know we talked about the specials for the day and with Specials 86. for the day. And also, we don't have Diana's the Chardonnay. I, I wish it was. I really wish it was that. It was more like I had this one manager who I was really close with. And I had an entire restaurant of servers who I, quite frankly, adored. And I, like, just came in one day like, oh, my God, I met this girl. She's so great. And it wasn't even like, I'm gay now, blah, blah. It was more just like... I met this person and I can't get her head and I really want to talk to, with her about it and you know okay. that we so all you didn't do. come out to the restaurant I just wanted to be clear <laughs> guys I imagine you like barging into the restaurant like saloon doors and like enchanted <laughs> like little robins followed you and you're like guess what guys I like screech like everyone's like mid dinner Jenna <laughs> <laughs> Bomber really wants is that I came out to my table in the middle of like specialing them like here's my rainbow cape how's your Salmon. Nice. I'm gay. That's actually what she really hopes is that what happened. I think you know what? To satisfy your imagination, yes, that is what happened. Jeanette. 
Well, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. I know that coming out as anything beyond straight in, in the first place is very hard. Coming yeah. out to your parents is super hard. <laughs> and then having to explain to your parents <laughs> what pansexuality is, um, I'm sure is exceptionally so, challenging. So here is the other thing I guess I need to share with you and your audiences. So it was so terrifying to do it, to, to explain, to do it. Literally, I have to like, to do it to diagram? my parents. Did you have a chart? I couldn't quite get out the word pansexual. Oh, no. So literally the phrase that I used was because I, I decided to be like, to be like, you know, like, oh, I may not bring someone home. You know, I may bring someone home who is different someday because I wanted, I didn't want them to think that like I was currently dating someone because that is not true. That's it was, why you're here. That's right. <laughs> Hey, no, I take that back. Hashtag single. I actually, no, this is another No, literally, we're not inviting people on the podcast who are not single. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> no, but I actually kind of, I when I was like walking in here, I was like, no, I'm about to be on this podcast called hashtag single, and it shouldn't be, ugh, hashtag single. I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm hashtag single, yes, bitches. Yes, yes, 100%. Okay. And that is the point of it. Great. And we're back to telling my parents. Okay, yeah. It was, uh, it was so much harder I've never known what speechlessness felt like. And speechlessness is your, it it must be what a stroke feels like. Where like, literally, there was nothing in my head. Like, I couldn't even say it. Like, I I want, because I wanted it to be something, I don't know. I guess to me, like, I felt like I live in New York. I work in the arts community. I have a plethora of friends who are wildly accepting and I felt like coming out, and my parent, which like I was raised that way, like yeah. I am that way because of a direct correlation of how my parents raised me. And I really wanted it to like not be a big deal. And I think that's, I think me so desperately not wanting it to be a big deal is that like I told them separately. And so when I told, my mother was the hardest, I full on wept, oh. could not get the words out, wept. And I think it was, and it wasn't like fear. I think it was pure, just like, I've never done anything like this before and like total uncertainty and like in no way, shape or form did I think they were going to like be angry at me or throw me out. Nothing like that. But I will say this, I have a really close relationship with my parents and I was, it, it does, it, it does change things. I just want to ask you a follow-up question because this is something that you had mentioned to me. You said you wanted to come out to your parents before the age of 30 what is that about and why? So full full disclosure to you and your audience. I So I'm, I will turn 30 in um, a little over a month. I have never been in a relationship because of that. I've never brought anyone home to my parents. I'm just now going back to graduate school for directing, which like, and it's tough because I think I, I feel very lucky that like my support system around me, they like think very highly of me and I feel very, very blessed to like have a lot of people kind of look up to me. But if I'm being entirely honest, I feel like I'm turning 30 and I haven't really accomplished anything. You know, stop it. No, but I mean, if you want to talk voice of the patriarchy, (laughs) that is literally the little, what our society teaches us as women on how we measure who we are and our identity and our quote unquote success. Our evaluation is by whether or not we are in a relationship and or married and have, or have procreated. And then sometimes maybe your career. So, but I, but I guess maybe that was part of it was that like, the truth is like, because I so rarely like find myself wholly just connecting with someone and 
just that. Like, I I don't go out on a limb for anybody. I'm not, I'm not the type of person. Um, if I go out on a limb for you, I I, I go 1,000% in. And that's, that's how I do it with my art. And I guess my thing was I wanted to do it before I was 30 because I wanted – I just wanted to be – it was something that kind of, like, had brewed – um, to the surface, like over the past couple years. And it felt like the hardest thing that I would have to do. And there was something about like, leave that in your twenties. When are you turning 30? September 8th. Okay. So you're like starting a new chapter is what you're thinking. Yeah. Your identity is, is starting afresh. Well, and it's tough. Cause I got to tell you, I mean, again, full disclosure to your audience. So my, my best friend and yes, Tony Arushio, you're getting a shout out. Hey, Tony. Hi, Tony. Um, Tony, um, has probably been the most like supportive friend because Tony, uh, actually told me, he said, you know, you should come out to your parents before you bring someone home. And I was like, no, no, no. Cause I was always the person like, no, I'm not going to do it until I bring someone home. And he was like, why would you do that to them to like in the moment, in the to, moment. Right. And yeah. the truth is that was the most mature, best advice I have ever received in my life. Well, uh, and then you don't have to do it with someone like in the room. You know what I mean? Like no. if you're like, here's my pansexual person and yeah, yeah no but oh this would be the moment to have this conversation and while you know frederick you stand to the side i don't know why i said frederick whatever that person whoever that is chill while i have this conversation with my parents that's a little strange oh i and i also will say this like i i think again going back to like i didn't want it to be a big deal because i kept telling myself oh in my new york life in my new york you know art industry it's not a big deal that's a lie. When I like came out to my restaurant, it did change how things affected me. And like, it has changed how friends have like perceived me, but the truth is, um, not for the worst. And I think just, and also not to be boring, but like change is good. Change is awesome. Especially when turning 30 yeah, and when recognizing who you really are and what really turns you on, mm-hmm, and true. that maybe it's not defined by some voice that was put in there when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah. I think you're fucking awesome. Thank you, Jeanette. Appreciate that. I want to talk about some dating stuff. Oh my god. Okay, guys, I prepared for snooze town. Here we go. It's not snooze town. I want to talk about something that bothers you and I both, particularly, <gasps> and I refer to it as the lazy New York man syndrome. Personally, I refer to it as the Pierre problem. What is Pierre is not his real name. (laughs) We have uh, hidden his identity to protect the guilty. Uh, But this, I dated a French man. Of course, his name had had Pierre. It wasn't Pierre. It was a horrible (laughs) French name. But uh, just to protect him, shout out if you're out there, Um, French guy. Uh, We're going to call it the Pierre problem. So, lazy New York man syndrome, mm-hmm. and when, when I say man, mm-hmm. let's just understand that as an air quotes. That's an air quotes. Knowing that it's however you interpret that other person yeah. on the other side. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, um, mm-hmm. about why the F do men not initiate anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. And I want to talk about this. Well, you tell me about your, your um, sort of... 
<laughs> you're having a very visceral reaction. I'm having such but a visceral reaction. Your, your particular uh, uh, relationship with the lazy New York man syndrome. Okay, so the truth is this New York uh, lazy man... Let's just call it the Pierre problem so we can take I was gonna, man out I was going to say, you know what? Pierre problem is quite great. So the Pierre <laughs> problem, I got to say, actually started before I moved to New York because when I was growing up, I grew up in a, I grew up in a small town, uh, 30,000 people. Um, yes, I was in California, not everywhere, everywhere in California is um, liberal. Uh, I grew up in a quite conservative place. And it was such a thing that was kind of drilled into the girls' heads of like, the guy has to make the first move. And that predominantly relationships would only survive if the guy had made the first move and initiated. I got to tell you folks out there, ladies, people who identify as ladies, people, everyone in general, I stayed single for a real long time because of that. Because... And, and because of that, I kept spending all this time, I felt like trying to better myself or, oh, again, I'm doing air quotes for better myself because that's just the patriarchy all over the place. There you go, girl. Thank you. But yeah, and the truth is, I mean, I've already told, I've already told you, I'm, I'm a director. I, I like to get shit done. I like to get shit done. Right. So waiting around, uh, waiting for someone to ask you out is absurd to me. And so the Pierre problem for me is that um, I had initiated conversation with this Pierre on a dating app. Great. And then I um, I had ended up asking him out on the first date. Great. Which didn't feel like I was doing it because it's just me being like, hey, what are you up? You know, like, let's do this. Normal conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I realized I, end, I ended up being the person that initiated the third, second date. Okay. And I actually initiated the third date. And I don't realize I'm doing this because I'm just me having no. conversation being like, hey, are you free Friday? What do you think about seeing this movie? Yeah. But when I stepped back after the third date. Yeah. I did not hear from him anymore. Yeah. So, and I was like, oh my God, I was driving the whole oh. thing the whole time. Yeah. And I did that because he was not initiating. Yeah. But when I stepped back, he didn't step forward. Nope. So it's a conundrum because as a feminist, <sighs> as a strong independent woman, I'm not sitting around waiting for someone to ask me out. No. But like... I don't understand. If I don't do it, does that mean no one's ever going to ask me out? You know what I'm saying? I, oh God. And like, I wish what I, the heck? I'm like, what the heck? I, and I wish I had a better answer for you. Like come start dating ladies and, um, <laughs> you, and some trans people. But the truth is, I got to tell you, um, the problem is across the board oh. and I don't, and I truly, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I will say this. I think, I think there are people like us out there who are instigators. Yeah. And I think there are people out there who are lazy, and we get really attracted to So it's just called the lazy New York syndrome, not the lazy New York man syndrome. <sighs> yeah. I, yeah. Wish I, I wish I could tell you that, like, there is a diff- there's another people out there, and, like, they, w- they will, like, come up with clever, unique date ideas, and they will, like, start them with you, and they'll call you out for them. No. I was kind of hoping you were going to say that. You were going to be like, yo, on the other side, this, we Come don't Come on with over. Like, we got cookies. The, no, we don't. No women, cookies. Women invite I'm still women. baking the cookies. All <laughs> the cookies. You are both the man and the woman in the relationship. Well, no. I mean, and again, oh, I should have worn my, like, uh, I have a t-shirt that says, not gender rolls, cinnamon rolls, not gender rolls. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But, right? But maybe that speaks to... There are more. That's the thing. I feel like people, they haven't done enough research on, I think they haven't done enough research on like dating and love, romantic love and like attraction within like the LGBTQ plus 
community because I would I would actually be kind of fascinated to see do they have the lazy New Yorker syndrome um, within like their own like when when communities are like not pansexual when they're like strictly like I am only attracted to this like do they find that they are still experiencing that because I gotta tell you I think we're all experiencing it I, I weirdly feel relieved with you saying really? that yeah I'm so happy I really that. did I called it the lazy New York man syndrome for a reason like you I thought really, it was just dudes I thought it was specific to New York because New Yorkers are inundated with choice and yeah. overwhelmed with opportunity and overscheduled. Yeah. Right? Um, and super flaky for that reason. Yeah. Like people commit themselves to three extra things that they can't do so that they can choose which one they which want to one do that they want night, to do. which is just a whole other topic altogether. But so I really thought that um, it was specific to New York and it was specific about New York men because, hear me out, I have sort of a theory that... Now we are in this new generation of men who are brought to be enlightened and intelligent and respectful and not like cockswaggery, misogynistic-y. Not that they still aren't, but now yeah. that we have a generation of men that are more aware of inclusion. plight. <laughs> yes, and inclusion, inclusion um, they're afraid to be, to make strong actions and to come forward and say, Hey, I saw you from across the bar. You're really pretty. Here's my number. Or, hey, I want to ask you out. Or they're maybe just like they are full of fear of being rejected, which we all are. But without the like, without people telling you now that you are the number, you know, without the patriarchy being like, you are the number one in our society, that fear of rejection can just like, it just lulls people into inaction. So, I, I, I know we I know we, I want I want to hear that from the patriarchy. I but do I, too. I have a little I have a quick follow up to that. Okay. So I, I was just at a wedding, and yes, I did hook up with someone at this wedding. Okay. And I had no intention to, but why it happened? Because this other person made the first move, and then when we were getting more like intimate, actually was asking for like a ton of consent. And <laughs> you and I both had this. I know. Wait, we what? both just had a, like, Jeanette and I just, so you know, had a visceral reaction. Um, and so I got to say, and, and the truth is like, I got to say that was a first time because um, normally when I'm sexually attracted to someone, I'm not afraid. And, and I, and I'm really like dialed in, like, I, you know, I don't want to really date this person, but like, you know, I have some, you know, we'd have some fun. Um, I'm not afraid to kind of make, make sure. the steps and make it happen. Right. It was really a turn on to have someone to to have someone make the first move and it put me in shock. And then it was even more of a turn on that there was so much consent within the experience, within the experience. Well, Rob, you have been very patient sitting in the corner over there. So I think now is the time I'm dying to know your thoughts here. Um, We talked about a lot of things. We talked about the, uh, the Pierre problem, the lazy New York man problem. And by the way, Fun fact, everybody. Rob and I met on a date. Oh, snap. What? I know. We met on OkCupid. I know. Why did he agree to do this? I don't know. Uh, We might have to ask him. I will mention, Rob, that I looked back and I initiated the contact with you uh-huh just, just so. laying the uh <laughs> laying the tablecloth here interesting for what came up for you like where do what uh what, do you want to comment on anything or is anything like okay well first of all hopefully i don't get tossed out of here but <laughs> i i did recently start dating someone <gasps> you're no longer single 
Damn I mean, you. I guess. Damn you, Rob. But but I've been single for be. so long enough that that's right, true. Fine. They're single by default. And been on these dating apps. Do you love that I just assumed you were single when I asked you to be on the podcast? I didn't check. I mean, it <laughs> was something. I started dating my barista. I go in there every don't, day. <laughs> don't we all? But, all right, um, I'm so proud of you right now. I started dating my barista. I just wanted to uh, most New Yorker that. thing that has ever happened. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Rob, please tell us. But, I mean, I was going out on millions of dates. Okay, so um, so I can talk. What stood out for me? Well, first of all, thank you for telling me what a pansexual is. Um, the Pierre Sanders, a lazy man. I would say what stood out for me, so thinking that, I guess you guys were saying that, you know, men are not making the moves anymore, right? They're not, uh, or, they, or, or they're expected to. That's something that I think we struggle with, is that we are expected to make the first move. And I think the dating apps have been a godsend to men, because for all these years, the pressure's been you sit in a bar or you go to the mall. I don't know. I was thinking about high school. <laughs> we used to go to the mall. <laughs> and we had to initiate everything, you know, in a bar, you know. Uh, from our perspective, uh, it seems like, you know, make eye contact. And if the girl smiles, then you got to make that move. Because if you don't, and most men are actually shy, you know, um, the alpha males, maybe not. Alpha males, they'll go up to a woman and initiate, but not most men are not alpha males, so it takes a lot of courage. So most men are just pep talking each other. I will, you know, you, uh, you know, you just you know, get out of the courage. If you get rejected, don't worry, because once the the first rejection happens, the rest of the night is just killed. Because then you lose all your mojo in quotes, whatever you call it. But I think I think that's hard for just humans across the board to go yeah. up to a total stranger in an environment like exactly. a bar and just be like, "Hey, I don't even know if you're single. I don't know if you're straight. Yeah, exactly. You know, so." So I'm not even necessarily talking about, like, the balls it takes to go up to someone in person, but I'm really yeah. talking about, like, online, initiating conversation and or being the first person to be like, hey, I like you. I want to see you. Like, sure. let's go out, you exactly. know? Or after you've gone on one or two dates, being like, hey, I'll make plans for the third one without waiting for someone else to make the next move. Yeah, no, it's, it's difficult for everyone. So when dating apps came by, I think it's been a godsend because, they all, you know, it, it, it takes no courage to just type something to somebody. And if they ignore you, I don't know, maybe they didn't see my message or whatever. So it's, it, it's been a huge and a bumble. It's great, right? Because women have to make the first move. And that's the first time in history that it's being encouraged <laughs> for the woman to make the first move. So sure. men love Bumble. Um, all they have to do is swipe and then just wait. And so I would say most men just keep swiping, 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 and just hopefully something will hit. Um, <laughs> you know, um, where women can be more choosy on that app, which is great for women, for, so they also don't have the sexual harassment, they don't have the, all the crap that happens, because I know that happens for women, you know, on dating apps where they're just getting, like, I don't know, dick pics, or who knows what, what dudes are sending. So, like, yeah, I think Bumble is probably good for both genders. So that was one thing I would comment on, is the making the first move thing from a guy's perspective. We actually don't want to do that anymore. Maybe that's part of it. What do you prefer in terms of um, a woman coming up to initiate a yeah. date or yeah. being approached online? Or do you... Well, when it comes to the Bumble thing, I think men like that because they're like, the woman's definitely interested in me uh, because otherwise she wouldn't write to me. Um, so that gets our confidence up a little bit already. And then in the past, it's just like, oh, she's just being nice. <laughs> uh, she's just responding to my thing or, you know, um, or no response at all. And you're just writing. And then they're, they're probably getting so many 
uh, messages from guys because guys are guys and then you know and then the, and then you, your thing might get lost in the shuffle but now it's like okay she really wanted to talk to me so I think guys as a whole I think they like um, the Bumble uh, thing even though maybe some other men I'm talking from my perspective but yeah maybe, tell me how you feel that's my perspective is that okay. I think that I liked that you know whereas maybe other guys who love to just email people left and right and see what hits uh, there <laughs> like, what if you're on a what if you're on a dating app not like Bumble which yeah. enforces the woman to initiate conversation. What do you prefer and how do you like to handle that? Like a one that doesn't force it. Yeah. yeah. Like an OkCupid or yeah. Tinder, I guess, right? Do you like um, women to approach you and make the first move? When I first got on Bumble, I felt like, oh, no, this is crazy. I'm waiting here for someone to write to me. And I was used to writing to other people. The other thing about these dating apps, in my opinion, is it's so based on on looks, like there's hardly anything on there, like about who you are. Whereas OkCupid, okay, it's like you, at least you're writing all this stuff about who you are, what you like, all this stuff, and it's so superficial. So, that's so were you the, that's initiating like, conversations with people, or are you waiting for oh, people to come? I'm just trying I know, to get you back I'm on track. I'm not even answering the question. <laughs> I just go on on tangents. <laughs> so, am I initiating it on those things? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I, I did that a lot. Um, Sometimes there was a, a back and forth, but for the most part, I felt like I was initiating more on the ones with Tinder and OkCupid. So I think those were reflecting how the real world uh, appears to, to many men, where it's like we have to make the first move. Cause, and I'm sure that also has to do with the fact that men are just like spamming women and stuff like that. And so women are just like, oh, God, <laughs> I look at my thing and there's like so many ridiculous copy and paste emails and, and they have to look through the shuffle and they're just like, well, I'll just wait for someone I actually, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. So I, 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 I assume. So like Bumble's been cool. Yeah. So I think that, that's good. More power. I find it really humorous and interesting and intriguing that when you're on Bumble and you're waiting for people to message you first, it yeah. was uncomfortable for you. There was some discomfort. <laughs> At first, I was uncomfortable. At first, I was like, this yeah. is scary. Welcome like, to our maybe world. My, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, there you go. Hey. So you just See how I did that? See how I did that? You, just, you just put me in that role. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to you both for a phenomenal conversation about so many things. So many things. I very much appreciated, Diane, you enlightening us, and Rob, all of your insights. So thank you guys for being thank you. on thank this you episode of Hashtag us. Single. And we will catch you next time.